0: How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back to the Daily News Updates for Tuesday, December the 21st. Hello, my friends. I have a few things to talk about today. Let's go ahead and jump into it. The biggest thing that I want to talk about today actually comes from Axios, which is a daily newsletter I highly recommend. They do some great work. And they actually reported on something that is going on with Ubisoft right now, and what they are calling a quote-unquote Great Exodus. Or even better, quote, the cut artery, end quote. Which is to say they are bleeding employees, and they're bleeding them fast. At least five of the top 25 credited developers on Far Cry 6, which just came out, uh, have already left the studio. Twelve out of the top 50 credited developers from Assassin's Creed Valhalla have left. Which is to say, you know, the biggest names on the biggest games at the company are gone. The same thing is happening in Canadian studios with many projects actually being stalled or delayed because of the the struggle to fill the seats. They've been offering raises to people, but even that hasn't done everything they want it to do. And here's what they say are the reasons for all of this. Quote, Interviews with a dozen current and former Ubisoft developers cite a range of factors for the departures, including low pay, an abundance of competitive opportunities, frustration at the company's creative direction, and unease at Ubisoft's handling of a workplace misconduct scandal that flared in mid-2020, end quote. It seems like this is a particularly sore point for all of the developers in Montreal, because a lot of other studios are starting to get into Montreal, things like Tencent and Epic Games, and they're offering big money. Of course, we can't brush aside the sexual harassment issues as well. There are many, many companies that are losing employees because of this. You look at something like Activision Blizzard, And certainly it's because of all of these issues that things like video game unions are going to become more and more the center of discussion and hopefully is actually going to come to fruition. A lot of people are saying that next year is going to be the year for games developers unions. Obviously, we had our first North American union just last week. We talked about it. Vodeo Games kind of came out of nowhere. And you have to imagine that it's going to come at some point with Activision Blizzard because... I mean, employees at the company have been collectively bargaining. They've been going on strike. Like it's just a matter of time before it becomes official. Fingers crossed, anyway. And and if it happens at Activision Blizzard, it could 100% happen at places like Riot Games, Ubisoft, Electronic Arts, right? So anyway, just thought I should do another check in on this issue because companies are are starting to see the real negative consequences of not treating their employees right. Right? Okay. And the only other thing I really have to talk about today is the fact that the Game Awards 2021 has set a new record of viewership with 85 million live streams. The show was streamed on more than 30 platforms at once, which is pretty wild. And apparently it had particular growth in China on various platforms. Now, year over year, it's not a major growth. It's only about 2% from like 82 million to 85 million, something like that. But the year before that, it it doubled, right? It was like 40 million. And, you know, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like when it comes to the Game Awards, a lot of people have a lot of criticisms of it, myself included. I think there's a lot to improve with the show. But I also think a lot of people see them as easy fixes, when that cannot necessarily be the case, because it's a show where you have 80 million people watching it, right? I mean, 80 million, that's an inconceivable amount of people. If the Game Awards audience was a country then it would be the 17th biggest country by population. It's huge. And so any decisions are going to have major ramifications and are going to affect tons of people. I think this figure also really goes to prove that this really is kind of our Oscars, right? Global viewership, everybody talking about it, and it kind of doesn't even really matter what they do on the show because people are going to tune in. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I I think there is value in a good award show when you think about the Hugo Awards that we just talked about yesterday or the Golden Joysticks or the BAFTAs. I definitely think it's good to have those things. But I think the spectacle is also very interesting. So, I don't know. This came up in the headlines, so I thought I would talk about it. My friends, that is everything I have for you today. And hey, please don't forget, if you would like to do an audio Q&A, if you'd like to have your voice on this show sometime next week or maybe this week, I don't know. Head on over to thegamingobserver.com slash feedback. And there's a little record button there. You can send me a message and I'll, like I said, put it on this show. And the link is also available in the Discord or on my Twitter at gaming underscore observer. All right, folks, that's all for now. Thanks again. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Oh man, you know what I've been up to is just a bunch of Legends of Runeterra. Oh my god. I always forget how good that game is, and then I go back and play it, and then I go, oh man, what a great game. They've implemented this tremendous single-player campaign, if you want to call it that. It's it's like a deck-building, roguelike-style gameplay. It's very simplistic, but it's like the perfect way for me to scratch that card game itch without having to go up against other people and get a meta deck and all that kind of thing. I'll do that eventually, but I'm having a lot of fun with this for now. And it's especially great because I can play it on the iPad. So get to lounge on the couch, cuddle with the cat, and play some card games. It's a good life in those moments. Otherwise, it's more of the same in my personal life, you know? Shelby and I went through, finally, you know, we've been talking about it forever. We finally went through everything in my office. Because we were, you know, my office functions as like a basement slash storage room slash office. And the only reason it was a... Uh, feasible is because I have this giant rug that I use that makes it actually feel like a, a room instead of a cold concrete floor looking like a basement. Anyway, uh, we finally went through everything in here and we designated stuff. So we're, you know, well, we're bringing all this stuff back home. We're bringing all this stuff to a charity, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one floor done. Now we got to do two more floors. And obviously we actually have to move all the stuff. That's, that's also important. Oh, you want to know another thing I did? It was kind of random, but kind of fun. I was going through the App Store on the iPad, and I found a app for learning geography, the countries of the world. I was like, oh man, that seems fun. It was like a quiz style thing, so I downloaded it. Uh, First of all, it's a great app. It doesn't have any advertisements. It's just straight up, like, learn the countries of the world. So I love that. Uh, But I specifically ended up going to learn Africa, the continent. Because I realized, you know, you show me a map without any of the labels, and I'll be able to point out to you most of the countries in North America, Europe. obviously Australia is pretty simple. Probably most of Asia I could tell you about, but Africa and the Middle East, I was woefully underknowledged. And so I started taking the test, and I can now tell you pretty much where any African country is on the map. And I'm very proud of myself for that, because before, if you were like, "Hey, where's Angola? Where's Senegal?" Djibouti, Uganda, Rwanda, Chad, Mozambique, all of these countries. I would have been like, I have no idea. Just choose a random one on the map and hope I get it right. Even Egypt. I mean, Egypt is an ancient Egypt. Such a big deal. I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you where it was. So, you know, I was doing that and, and now I can do it. <laughs> and I'm very proud of myself. We'll see how long the that knowledge like stays in the memory bank. But I do think I'm going to try and like learn where all the countries are in the world just because I can. I don't know how many countries there are. Let me look here. 235 countries. I can manage. I think I could do that. And then the game has like a like an online multiplayer component where you can challenge against other people. And that's where I like that's where I'm ready to go. You know, oh, man, if you went against me when I was in my prime on learning those African countries, you wouldn't have stood a chance. I had them all down. Bam, 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 bam. Now it's a couple days later. I probably would have to retrain the brain. But anyway give it a try sometime you know it's a good it's a good brain exercise and it's just it's just generally good to be knowledgeable about the world right every now and then the little Wikipedia link would pop up for something like Ghana or Guinea or Equatorial Guinea or, or the the Congo and be like hmm let me learn about this country and I just read the Wikipedia it's good stuff. I'm also trying to learn French because uh, we're gonna be moving to Quebec here in Canada as our first destination so I gotta they, they all speak French there so I gotta fr- learn some French. Shelby is bilingual, thankfully, so we're going to be fine no matter what, but I don't want to be left out of the conversations. So Duolingo is my friend for the next little while. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Hope you're well. Talk soon.